Scott Kirby says the final decisions will result in changes to the proposed regulatory decisions made in 2018. Health Canada has reviewed a large body of scientific information and concluded that a complete ban on neonicotinoid pesticides is not warranted. This new information allowed the department to determine that some uses do not pose a risk to aquatic insects, while other uses do pose a risk of concern. To protect aquatic insects, Health Canada's final decision is to cancel some uses of clothiamidin and thymosoxin and introduce additional mitigation measures and restrictions on some of the uses that remain registered. These risk mitigation actions include reducing rates of application and adding spray buffer zones. From a compliance perspective, all product labels must align with the amendments within two years of the special review decision's publication date. That means registrants and retailers will have 24 months from this date to amend their product labels. Now let's take a moment to provide some some background. A few years ago, available scientific information indicated that clothianidin and thymothoxin were being detected in aquatic environments in Canada at concentrations that might pose a risk to aquatic insects. In August of 2018, Health Canada consulted publicly on the proposed special review decisions to cancel all outdoor uses of these two pesticides. Since that publication, Health Canada has received more than 47,000 comments during the consultation period. The department also received a substantial amount of new information. This information included new studies and water monitoring data from various sources, such as registrants, provincial governments, academia, and other regulatory authorities. This additional water monitoring data was very significant, scientifically robust, and more representative of the major agricultural regions of Canada. Originally targeted for the fall of 2020, the final special review decisions were delayed until now due to the unprecedented volume of information received during the consultation and the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Can you tell us when these changes take effect and give us some examples of the kinds of uses that will now be restricted for those two pesticides? So with respect to implementation, Uh, The registrants of the products have two years to implement the changes, so their labels within two years of the date of the publication will have to uh, reflect the restrictions that we have implemented. Uh, With respect to the types of uh, crops uh, that are um, having changes to, so we have uh, cancellations um, for uh, a couple of crops for clothiamidin, which is uh, onion, onions and lettuce, as well as uh, infro potato uses. And for uh, the thymothoxin, uh, we, we're looking at canceling low bush blueberries, as well as sole drench potato uses. As for the other um, crops that have changes to their uh, use pattern, but not cancellations. It's, it's a fairly long list, so, but it, it includes uh, uh, field crops like corns and soybeans in terms of, so they will have changes to the application rate or rate or reductions in the number of applications, as well as several vegetable crops and fruiting vegetables. And, and that is uh, applicable to both clothiatidin and, and thymosoxin. Okay, so just, just to clarify to make sure I got that correct, so the cancellations for uh, clothianidin would be onions and lettuce would be two examples there. Uh, for the other one, blueberries and potatoes, did I have that right? 
Yes, and, I, and just to be specific, it's it's seed treatment uses for on, bunching onions and lettuce, and in soil, in furrow and soil application for potatoes. So there are other uses that are still in place for potatoes, and then for thymothoxin, uh, it's low bush blueberry foliar uses, and as again soil uses and drench uses for potatoes. I was just wondering if you could compare these rules to uh, what the EPA has in, in the United States. I know that they have some restrictions. Um, are, are these tougher or, uh, let's say, are these more expansive than the rules in the United States, or are they similar in any way? So um, with respect to the EPA decisions, just to clarify, they're not, they're not final. They're, uh, so I just want to uh, make that clear. So there, there could be changes, but the the... What they found from their risk assessment is very similar to uh, what we found here in Canada. Uh, now, you have to keep in mind that in the U.S., they do have uh, a different legislation, so they, they're, um, how, they, how they implement their risk mitigation measures can be different than ours, uh, but they are proposing uh, some restrictions as well. Uh, I do not believe that uh, they are proposing outright cancellations, but they are putting in place things like uh, uh, buffer zones and uh, other measures to uh, minimize uh, the product entering water. So, so the risk assessments are quite similar. Where do you see the main impact of these new restrictions being for broadacre field crops? Corn, soybeans, canola? They're are going to be some restrictions on some of these things. For uh, a lot of the seed treatments out west, so such as canola, um, we did not see uh, any major issues when we looked at the water monitoring data and, and the other scientific information that uh, we looked at. Uh, so there are, uh, are not any significant restrictions there. Uh, for some of the other field crops, such as corn um, and soybean, there are going to be required uh, reductions in the uh, application rate and in some cases uh, in the uh, number of applications that were allowed per, per year. That's it for the Prairie Agwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Candace Dirksen and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. The Prairie Agwire will return Saturday on the Golden West Farm Network.